Welcome to The Jeff Houston Show. We are a not-for-profit platform dedicated to coaching and inspiring you on your journey toward wisdom-based living. The goal behind The Jeff Houston Show is to help people experience a greater level of freedom in every area of their lives. You can learn about all the free resources available and submit your questions to thejeffhoustonshow.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Hello, and once again, welcome to the Jeff Houston Show, where we talk about ways that you can increase your freedom of time, money, relationship, and purpose. I'm so glad that you can join us today because we have a really important show and so a couple of great listener questions. We're going to talk about money today, and this is a topic that has numerous potential landmines in it because we all have different experiences with money. We were raised differently. Um, We have different paradigms about it. Money can be a very stressful thing in our lives, and it can be an area of potential conflict within our relationships. And so I'm looking forward to diving into some insightful questions in the area of money. Our first question today comes from John in Florida. And he says, I know we all need money and I've seen it do some good things, but I've also seen some destructive sides to it also. What should the goal of building more assets be? Well, John, this is a insightful question and it caught my attention uh, because on the surface, I think it can seem very basic when a deeper look of it, and John, I don't know what your your faith background is, but many of our listeners are God followers, as I am. And so if your question is coming from that standpoint, I can really see where there's a struggle with that. Uh, in uh, Psalm 62, verse 10, talks about if riches increase, don't set your heart on them. Right, So the danger is is that we can set our heart on riches and we can set our heart on uh, material things. And I uh, really like the verse in 1 John 5 at the very end of the chapter. So it's the last thing within John's letter that he wrote to these people. In the New International Version, he says, Dear children, keep yourself from idols. Right. And that's how I learned the verse, keep myself from idols. Um, But the thing is, is I never thought that really applied that much to me because I don't have any graven images. I'm not carving up, you know, wood carving or putting a little golden calf or I mean, I don't have anything like that in my house. I've never thought about having anything like that in my house that I was going to worship or admire or anything like that. So Then I read the verse in the New Living Translation, and it came alive for me. It says, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Ah, see, idols is not just about graven images, right? Idols are about anything that takes God's place in our hearts, So I think the danger with 
money, if I'm reading into your question, John, that you're wondering, you know, hey, what should the goal of accumulating assets be in light of the fact that Psalm says, hey, don't don't set your heart on them? How, how do we balance that? Of course, Jesus has said that, you know, it was easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than it was for a rich man to get into heaven. So what is all, how do we filter all that through as God followers in, in light of um, accumulating wealth and assets? So with all that in mind, I'd like for us to think a little bit differently about assets. And a number of years ago, I was introduced to this idea that I'm going to share with you by a guy by the name of Lee Brower with Empowered Wealth. So let's think about if I were to ask you, why don't you uh, list for me what your assets are? And you might come and say, well, I have, you know, my investments are worth this much and, and I have bank accounts that are worth that much and I have some real estate with some equity in it. Maybe I own a business and that has value. And so you're going down the the list and you're telling me, um, you know, what your financial assets are. And I would agree those are assets. But I would also like to propose today that we have other assets that we don't often think about, that we don't take time to recognize them as assets. So what I'd like to suggest for our conversation today is that let's think in terms of our assets in four different categories, four different quadrants, if you will. And the first category is what I'm going to call our core assets. Those would be um, the relationships that we have. Our, Our health is an asset if we have good health. Our values, our integrity, our worldview, the way we view things, our faith, our belief in God, those are all really at the core of who we are as a person. And I'd like to propose that those are, in fact, assets. So then a second category or quadrant might be our education and experiential assets. So if you went to college and you have a college degree, that would be an asset, right? Um, You've had experiences in your life, good experiences and bad experiences. Personally, I've actually learned more from the bad experiences in my life than I have the good experiences. Helen Keller has a quote that I love when she says, a bend in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn, right? And so... How do we make the turn? We make the turn when we adapt to the mistakes or the curveballs that life has uh, sent our way or the experiences that we've had. There's a question that I love to ask people, when did you complete your education? Of course, the right answer to that is, well, I never have and I never will. I, I haven't completed it and I won't ever complete it again. So living wisely is really the goal and education and our life experience, our life education and our life experience, what comes out of that is hopefully our ability to make better choices, to live wisely. So we have core assets and then we have education and experience assets. And then we have uh, charitable and community assets. That would be things that we contribute to that are outside of us, right? They're bigger than us. 
and things that we participate in. Maybe we volunteer our time in. Uh, how do I live out my faith? Right. The writer of James says that, you know, we have to actually take action on what we believe. And that is in in expressing that out into the world. Those are our charitable and community assets. And then we have financial assets like what we talked about, you know, a couple minutes ago. We talked about the investments and bank accounts and real estates and business interests, all of that kind of thing. So here's my question for you. Let's say that if you wrote on a list each of those four quadrants and you wrote out all of the things that you value in each of those things and you said, hey, that's your assets. That's really your net worth. Your net worth is not just financial assets minus liabilities. Your net worth is the sum total of all of those four quadrants of things that are important to you and are worth something to you. So let's say that I waved a magic wand and at the waving of that wand, all of everything on that paper that you've written down is gone, right? You're, you're bankrupt in every sense. You don't have your health. You don't have relationships around you. You don't have your faith. You don't have finances. You don't have any of these assets that we've talked about. It's all gone. You are bankrupt in every way possible. All right. So now let's suppose that out of the goodness of my heart, I wave my magic wand and I give one quadrant. You can only pick one, one of the four quadrants. You can pick your core assets, financial, education and experience, or charitable and community. Which quadrant would you choose to get back first? And my guess is if you are like most people, you're going to take your core assets right? You're going to take the relationships, your health, your faith. You're going to take those back, right? You're going to take that quadrant back. And that makes sense. Now, okay, so let's go one step further. Now, out of the goodness of my heart, I'm going to wave my magic wand and you can have one more quadrant back. Only one, what would it be? Well, from my experience, when I've done this with people, most people choose their education and experience assets in life, the experiences that they've had in life. Why is that? Well, it's because if I have my core assets and my experience and educational assets, I know that I can get all of the financial and charitable and community assets that I want, right? I can rebuild those. That's an interesting thought, and I hope you're staying with me on this because we started out this discussion talking about money. We started talking about accumulating assets, and what is the goal? Uh, John, your question is, uh, what should the goal be of, of building more assets be? Well, the thing is, is if we view our assets as just piling up more money, then we're missing what I think life should be about in the accumulation of greater levels and amounts of wisdom within our lives. And so isn't it interesting that we started talking about financial assets, but when we think more globally about this topic, the financial assets didn't even make the top two of what most people would take back should they have been stripped of everything that was important to them. Now, that's a significant thing for us to consider as we go into this conversation about money and about finances. 
because finances, as we all intuitively know, isn't the most important thing in life, but it is important. I uh, had a conversation a while back with an elderly gentleman, and he was living very meagerly on a small social security income, really struggling to get by. And he said to me, Jeff, the only people that say money isn't important are rich people. Oh, man. What do you think of that? The only people that say money is not important are rich people. I think what he was saying is, is that just trying to get by is a big deal. And money is important to somebody in that situation. So, John, if I go back to your question and I say, well, you ask, what should the goal of building more assets be? If I think more globally about what assets are, well, the goal of accumulating more assets is to live wisely, right? To live better. Because now I'm thinking about assets, not just about money, but I'm thinking about relationships and health and faith and how do I... Uh, contribute more to other people and participate and live out my faith and all of that. Well, if that's assets, I want lots of them, right? I want lots of them. Money is simply an outpouring of all of those other things. And it's, money gives me an additional measure of freedom to be able to experience more in all of those, more good things in all those other areas. So we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we've got another listener question. 3D Money is proud to sponsor this edition of the Jeff Houston Show. Have you talked to 3D Money about their 6% account yet? We recently had a listener call us to discuss his renewing CD. The bank offered him 1% for the next three years. He asked, what could 3D Money do for me? We told him about our 6% account that's backed by cash flowing real estate. So how did this work out for him? The bank would have paid him $83 per month. We paid him $500 per month. That's $15,000 more in interest over three years. 3D Money currently has several cash flowing real estate opportunities we are raising funds for that build on our already strong portfolio. If you have funds you would like to protect outside of Wall Street risk, or you are uncertain about the banking system and the low rates they offer, call us today and find out how investing in 3D Money's 6% account can give you peace of mind by helping you grow and protect your wealth outside of Wall Street risk. Call 320-905-3306. That's 320-905-3306. Now let's go back to the Jeff Houston Show. This is not an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. So welcome back to the Jeff Houston Show, where we've been talking about money today. And our second listener question today comes from Scott in North Carolina. And he asks, what's the basics of wise money management? Well, I like your question, Scott. Thanks for listening to us. The basics I'd like to talk about with money management is really what I call a financial home. 
And it would be much easier for me to have this conversation with you if we were together, if we were at a whiteboard, but I'm going to try to create a visual for you, a picture in your mind. But let me ask you this question first. If you were going to build a house, uh, what would be the first thing that you do? Uh, would you call a backhoe and have him start digging? Uh, probably not. The first thing that generally what you do is you get out a pencil and paper and you start drawing a blueprint, right? You start drawing up plans. And uh, that's what the idea in the financial home is, is let's draw a picture. Let's draw a blueprint of what this house might look like. Now, when we do ultimately start building the house, the first thing we're going to do is dig a foundation, right? We are going to get a backhoe out and we're going to start digging into uh, below the ground, below the surface. And so in the foundation of your financial home, I'd like you to think in terms of that there are really two parts to it, two levels to it, like the lower foundation and the upper foundation. In the lower foundation, we're going to call that asset protection. Those would be things like, um, you know, your insurance that you protect your car, your um, your homeowner's insurance, your um, the the any assets that you have that you're protecting that would be, uh, you know, protecting your assets. And then the second part of that would be income protection. And those would be things that could include life insurance or disability insurance, health insurance, some of those things. And somewhere in the mix of the foundation of your home is also uh, a, um, uh, your estate planning. So your will or your trust. And by the way, to our listeners, this is just a sidebar comment. Uh, I know that statistically, many, many, many of our listeners, the vast majority of them do not even have a, a will or a trust. They've never taken the time to do that. And um, I want to encourage you that that is an important thing. It's so easy to delay that because it's it's important, but it's not urgent. But I want to encourage you that there are some really great uh, technolo technology tools. You know, you can buy a program on the internet and for 20 or $30, you can go through and do it yourself and then have it notarized and witnessed. And it's, it's certainly it's not, uh, it, it's every bit as valid as if it was drawn by an attorney. But, um, you know, and I'm not saying don't hire an attorney. It's just there's a block and some people don't want to spend the money at that. But I'm just saying that having a will, even if it's a, a, a will that's drawn up from a program on the Internet, is better than having no will at all. Because the truth of the matter is, if you don't have a will, the state has one for you. And I can guarantee you that you'll like yours better than theirs. So uh, just, again, a sidebar to that. So we're talking about the financial home and the fact that in your foundation, you have asset protection, things that you do to protect your assets. You have income protection. Now, when we, when we start erecting the walls above, the found, above ground level, I'd like to think in terms of your ho your home, your financial home, having two rooms in it, right? It's pretty simple. 
There's two rooms. There's short-term savings, and I'm going to define short-term savings as anything that is three years or less. So if you need the money in less than three years, that would be things like, well, I'm saving up for because I have to buy a different car. I'm saving for a vacation. I have an emergency fund that I need. Uh, whatever the case is, I'm saving, I, you know, having a little bit of margin, you know, six months, let's say, worth of income. And if you don't have six months worth of income in, uh, in liquid money sitting someplace, then that should be your first goal. Right, because that will give you the flexibility to be able to, uh, you know, take a curveball that life might throw at you financially, and you're able to uh, to deal with that. So if you're uh, if you your car quits on you and got to get it fixed so you can get to work so you can make more money, right? Now you've got some money that you can do that, and you're not uh, sitting at home trying to figure that out. So that would be the first room in the house is uh, your short-term savings. Then there's a long-term savings, which of course would be defined as anything three years or longer, anything longer than three years. So that might be things like college education or saving for buying a vacation home or a rental property. Uh, it could be uh, saving for retirement. Any of those things would be in the long-term. Uh, and then at the roof, or if you think envision the peak of the house the roof on the house think of that as like the uh your risky investment your more risk investments the reason i say that is because it's it, I, it's prudent practice from my perspective it's smart financial practice to have your short-term savings and your and a good portion of long-term savings with more consistent or more uh, less risk involved in it. Of course, what a lot of people do and financial uh, uh, advisors, people on Wall Street, um, uh, Money Magazine, all of these places are going to talk about you know mostly risk investments, stocks, mutual funds, those types of things, commodities, whatever the case is. And and if you if you focus on that, if that's the first thing you do then you're really building your house upside down right you're building it uh, with on risk investments and and you're you're not taking care of the foundational things first so all of those all of these uh financial tools in your toolbox are important but if you only had the ability to purchase one or two or three tools in a toolbox you'd be very uh, selective. You'd try to get the, the ones that you'd use the most or that would be the most foundational. And I'm saying that's how you start in the foundation of a home and then you move into your getting short-term is kind of the next thing, short-term investments, then getting some long-term savings going and then add in the risk as you have some money that you could afford to lose. So we've covered a lot in this uh, episode and I look forward to unpacking more about money in future episodes. So that's a wrap for this week's show. You can check out our resources and send us your questions at thejeffhoustonshow.com. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Houston Show where we encourage you to love God, love people, and do cool stuff. I'm your host, Jeff Houston. 
Thank you for listening to The Jeff Houston Show. We are a not-for-profit platform dedicated to coaching and inspiring you on your journey toward wisdom-based living. Our goal is for you to experience a greater level of freedom in every area of your life. You can learn about all the free resources available and submit your questions to thejeffhoustonshow.com. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.